I cannot tell you how to love a woman like her, but I can tell you half-hearted love won't do it. Deep. And no, these aren't my words. These are the words of Pierre Genti from the book Her. Everyone's been talking about it, and now I finally get the hype. Get your copy of the book Her, as well as his new book, Ashes of Her Love. If you want to read your life in words, make sure you click the link in the show notes. A lot of people don't really understand the real life struggles of depression. Battling depression is not easy. And this week, you'll hear from a mom who walks us through her lifetime of this struggle. I'm Krista Monet, and this is Her Truth. Krista. So (sighs) to give you a little insight um, on my history of anxiety and depression, um, I've I've basically dealt with depression my entire life um, for as far back as I can remember anyway. I've always kind of had this uh, pessimistic kind of mentality, unfortunately. And uh, Not knowing really as a younger version of myself uh, what it was. Only as I got older, I realized, you know, that the thoughts that I had in my head were really coming from a darker place because of um, because of a mental illness. And so that's when I started to take a little deeper dive into doing my research and kind of diagnosing myself and that's when I actually started to um I approached my mom about it and then I went to see some therapists and I actually took medication at one point and um you know and they had diagnosed me with depression and so the medication that I was taking uh, I took it for I took it on and off. Honestly, I took it on and off. I I would stop cold turkey. Um, You know, when I first took it, it was like immediate reactions. Like I could feel something different brewing inside of me. And I think that's just my body was getting used to a new drug. Um, But then that feeling kind of subsided. And so, you know, you have to get on with life. It's like a, a pill just fixes so much and, you know, you still have to go through the motions of life. It's not like it's going to just make you happy all the time. You're still going to have ups and downs of life. So, um, so I would take that for a while and, uh, <clears throat> you know, I never really thought that I was going to be a mom. I think I was always good with kids. You know, as I was younger, I, I loved kids. I loved hanging out with them and, um, I never really thought I was going to be a mom. And really the one major thing I think that made me feel that way was I was really scared of kind of giving them this genetic illness. You know, I've, I 
have come from a family background of um, my grandfather. Actually, he committed suicide. He had depression. So I just that thought was playing in the back of my head that, you know, I, I don't want to procreate. I don't want to drag this on to my child um, unless I'm fixed, quote unquote fixed. But, uh, you know, you're never really fixed from from depression or anxiety. You're you're basically dealing with it. You're going you're still going to have it. You just figure out ways to to deal with it. So, uh, you know, fast forward, um, having my son, I was told by my doctor that, you know, since you have this medical illness, you, you know, I'm, I'm more scared for you because, you know, there, there is something called postpartum and, uh, you know, if you already have depression, it kind of, it kind of intensifies it so to speak. So, you know, I, I stopped taking my medicine, you know, before I even started to, before I even got pregnant. Um, and I had been off it for a while anyway. And then, you know, then the doctor telling me, you know, it's, it's good that you're not on it, but also now you are kind of more susceptible to postpartum after you have your baby. And, um, you know, that part really did, scare me because I thought to myself you know I've had some pretty dark spots in my life where um you know I've abused alcohol I abused smoking weed and um and those things actually definitely contribute to an even even further um depressive state of mind so um I you know was scared from her initial uh postpartum uh conversation but i you know just thought whatever you know i'll get through it i'm sure it's something that just passes and um i did get postpartum pretty bad i after i had my son those those thoughts of sadness and just you know giving up they really kind of just dug deep inside of me and implanted themselves and uh it was tough I had a couple days where I would just be crying just crying 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 constantly um wanted to be alone you know sometimes I would look at my son and just kind of you know resent the fact that I even did this like what, what was I thinking I, I knew that this was something that I shouldn't have did because this is the outcome and now now I'm faced with it and now I have to deal with it. So, shit, you know, like it, I, I knew it was something that I was, I shouldn't have done. But at the same time, you know, the next day I would wake up and then look at him and just cry for happiness, cry for, you know, oh my gosh, I created this little baby and, um, you know, I get to be a mom now. This is amazing. But then, you know, maybe a couple hours later it would go down it would go to down to a bad place and I'd be faced with that reality all over again so uh, you know I I didn't want to really be around anybody I didn't even my parents even my mom my mom who was someone that I'm extremely close with uh, you know and who knows me very well uh, emotionally 
I didn't even want to be around her because I didn't want anybody to see what I was going through. I didn't want anybody to to try to diagnose me or try to help me. Like I really just wanted to self-loathe in this feeling of sadness because I, I felt like it. I was I was meant to be there. Like it, this was my fault that I did this, and now I have to stay in this spot and. Um, and it sucked, man. It really sucked for a while. So as time went on, you know, obviously that feeling kind of subsides. You start doing little things like working out and, um, you know, just seeing more friends, surrounding yourself with people that love you. But, you know, as time progressed even more, you know, my son, you know, started becoming mobile and now it's like a constant having to look after another person meanwhile still struggling with my own thoughts my own negative thoughts uh you know I had to balance the two out so you know I would start having a couple drinks during the day being with them and um alcohol is kind of something I've always turned to because it numbs that feeling it takes away the the constant negative self-talk and it just just numbs it just numbs it so it's something that I was partaking in a lot in the beginning because I you know I wasn't able to go to work due to um you know my husband working during the day so it just kind of screwed up my schedule and uh you know I was taking care of our son so that was my duty and you know I never really kind of thought of myself as someone who was gonna be a self uh, I'm sorry be a stay-at-home mom because that was never my choice or never my envision for myself I was always a go-getter always a, I want to work hard I want to make that money and so you know being a stay-at-home mom just kind of took over my life and that led me down a dark hole as well because uh you know I wasn't able to be that person that I was previously you know just get up and go and live my life and not having to worry in the world and you know that is something that I think a lot of women <laughs> aren't prepared for when it happens they're not prepared for, all right, it's not just me that I have to worry about anymore. Now I have to worry about another human being on top of that, on top of my own needs. You know, just, it's it's definitely a struggle that I don't think gets talked about enough. So when you face, when you're faced with it, it definitely is, um, it's, it's a reality check because, you know, deep down, I want to be the best mom that I can possibly be. You know, I this is my responsibility now. I've been given this beautiful blessing. I did this. I created this person and I get the opportunity to mold and raise this beautiful child and pour my morals and values into him. But yet, 
I still have to friggin battle this damn illness that I have going on. And so, you know, even up into this day, you know, he's two and a half now. I still go through this where I have my good days and bad days. And, you know, sometimes those bad days, they just kind of take over. And one day I, I had, uh, I had a couple drinks and my son was whining over something. I don't even remember anymore, but, uh, he was, he was just turned one. Actually, I'm sorry. He hadn't even turned one yet. And, um, he was whining and, you know, I yelled, I yelled really, really loud and I scared the shit out of him to the point where he, he turned to the wall and he like just looked ashamed and embarrassed and he just started crying and he peed himself. And I immediately just, I fell to the floor and I grabbed him and I, I just, I kissed him and I apologized and I'm going to get emotional right now because I think about it and it really like, it friggin' sucked, man. I just, it woke me up and, um, you know, this isn't about me anymore. This is, this is not about me. This is something like, I got to get my shit together. I have to figure out what is more important in my life for my kid is it you know trying to mute down my problems with alcohol or is it focusing on raising my beautiful boy you know making him have the best life possible with the best version of his mom possible you know this is something that I've really had to dive deep in and figure out and um so after that you know, after seeing that, after seeing what I had done and, you know, I hadn't even laid a hand on him. It was all me just screaming on the top of my lungs at him. You know, after seeing what caused that, I just knew I had to make a change. So, um, you know, I've been just diving deep into a lot of self-help books and I go to church regularly I've joined a woman's group and I've just had to really you know have my time with God to ask him who who I'm supposed to be right now what I'm you know what's my main purpose in life and I know it's to take care of my son and so that is my reality now and you know as, as much as I still struggle emotionally and mentally with my own illness you know I've I think my purpose actually is to help other women and really to um let them know that this is not your fault this is definitely you know th these hormones you have no control over them and you know even and if it's genetic you know that's another that's another strike against you so it's a double whammy and um, I just really want to pour out my, as much as I can possibly pour out into other women's lives. You know, we're all human. There is help out there. And, you know, talking to somebody, opening up your heart, opening up your mind, even writing it in a journal, you know, these things can help you get through what, you know, the trials and tribulations that you're going through. So... 
you know, I know it's still going to be a work in progress. It's going to be for <laughs> the rest of my life for sure. So, um, I just hope that I can bring some light and love into other people's lives, other women's lives, and let them know that they're not alone, that it doesn't have to be a dark place forever. You know, we all go through those those moments of weakness where we just, you know, quote unquote snap and um, we lose it. But the point is to not get to that point. The point is to reach out for help first, you know, and let other people be aware of what's going on, you know, confiding in other people. So I think that's my mission now. And um, I hope that I could have brought some, some acknowledgement to your listeners through my stories, um, through my story, I'm sorry. Um, and, uh, and just be a voice for other women that are going through depression postpartum anxiety and any other mental illnesses out there there is there is light at the end of the tunnel if you're willing to reach out and and get the help so love and blessings to all i've never been so excited to receive shampoo in the mail in my life like ever until I started making my own shampoo. Yes, I did. I started making my own shampoo with the company Formulate. You literally customize your own shampoo and conditioner combo with the help of their lab team, custom made just for you that you help create. You can change anything, you can tweak anything within the app and they will send it right to your door. Click the link in the show notes and try it out for yourself. Formulate your own hair care. Speaking truth into the world is such an amazing thing. You never know who your story is going to touch. By speaking your truth, you can help someone identify their own. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. If you would like to share a story for the podcast, please reach out to us at hey at thefeminintruth.com. I'll be sure to drop some more details in the show notes if you're interested. And remember, you're always anonymous unless you choose not to be. Thanks everyone for listening. Be sure to subscribe and also leave us a review. Takes two seconds for you, does wonders for us. Until next week, thanks for listening.